0: Diksha Sethi brings to you her exclusive podcast, Different Strokes, a place of celebrating the undying
1: human spirit. Get to hear inspiring stories from different guests that will endure you, encourage you and strengthen your willpower and inner voice.
0: Stories of people who walked through rough paths of various situations and how they walked out of those circumstances boldly. crisis can break us down, but it can also build us up in more ways than we may ever know. A lot of us experience post-traumatic growth, emerging from adversity with a renewed sense of strength, gratitude, connection, possibility, and a sense of purpose in life. Through this podcast, I'm going to bring to you inspiring stories of endurance, tenacity, and the undying human spirit. Hello, my name is Deeksha Sethi, and welcome to the very first episode of Different Strokes. My today's story is no different. My first guest is a young woman who is an inspiration to many other girls like her who've battled body shaming and bullying while growing up, leading to very low self esteem and obsessive self scrutiny. Please welcome my namesake, Deeksha Singhi, and this is her story. Hello Deeksha, how are you doing? I'm doing really well, how are you? Very well, it's a little funny to talk to yourself, it seems like I'm talking to myself. (laughs) I (laughs) know. But uh, it's great to have you, thank you so much for doing this. Truly my pleasure. Excellent, Uh, let's start uh, with talking about your story. So how was it like uh, in your college? I know you briefly mentioned about your friends having boyfriends. They were in relationships, but um, you were very, um, you know, uh, you felt a little challenged there. Um, So what was your experience like? What's your story?
1: Yeah, so it was mostly in high school, or you know, even like um, mm-hmm. in middle school. Mostly, uh, I was I uh, I started in a boarding school, mm-hmm. and um, you know, like when you're in a boarding school, the culture is slightly different. You have prom there, you have rock concerts, and you know, you have all this fancy stuff that they do to keep you entertained once in a while. Yeah. And and um, for each of these events like the uh, somebody would ask somebody else out and you know there was always a pair at the rock concert sitting close somewhere at the steps or you know Mm. or dancing together or just buying food together Mm. and you know I would be this person who would only be with you know my other single girlfriends you know uh, the few of us who were in the same category yeah and all of us who thought that you know we are uh, Uh, either too cool to date anybody or deep in our hearts we knew we cannot date anybody you know or like Mm. because we were not the prettiest girls the stereotypically prettiest girls in the school Mm. and uh, yeah so while I pretended that I'm very cool about it and uh, it had nothing to do with my self-confidence or anything else Mm. deep down I was deeply hurt Mm. and uh, you know there came a point where I pretended so much that I had almost made that my reality like you know i started Hmm. living a fake life yeah Um, yeah, so that was most part of my uh, high school uh, where you know everything of this sort happened Hmm. and uh, yeah for most part of i pretended to be a tomboy because everybody around me thought i was one for some strange Hmm. reason Hmm. uh, maybe because you know I did not have my eyebrows done, or you know, I was no I did not have very feminine uh, body type. I was very broad, tall, mm. you know, not like a lean, petite body type. I was always very heavy and very uh, uh, what do you call broad. Mm. Uh, so yeah, almost everybody assumed that I was a tomboy mm. and yes some credit goes to my weird haircut as well mm. and you know my friends would also be like oh, tu to, mera bro hai, and all of that and you know mm. and that was the only kind of friendship I made with boys back in school mm-hmm. and the fact that they were still being friends with me was comforting enough so even i found my comfort zone being uh, pretending to be a tomboy so that was most part of my high school hmm. and uh, while um, i was i was really happy and smiling you know, people were always telling me this girl is always smiling hmm. deep down i was deeply hurt but uh, yeah that and kuch cheeze hoti hai that you only get to understand of it only when you grow up yeah. like you know sometimes a bad touch as a child is something that you don't understand, you only understand it when you grow up and you realize oh that was hmm. a bad touch, that was not supposed to happen to me so right. these were also the things that I only learnt when I grew up hmm. so yeah that was most part of my childhood
0: so did you at any point felt left out uh, probably because you were not being approached the same way like your girl, other girlfriends were being approached by boys
1: of course of course you know like, uh, like I just mentioned we had these fancy Mm. Uh, parties at school Mm. and you know when you don't have anybody to go out with when you do not have anybody to take you uh, ask you for a dance for your farewell you do feel left out right yeah so yeah and in other things as well you know like um, even when we came back for holidays and you know people would hang out Mm. uh, I would always feel left out like you know nobody would want to pick me up to take them for lunch Mm. I would always have to find my own way I was somehow the guy in the group, because girl, yeah. like I said, yeah. I pretended to be a tomboy so I would be like, maybe I'll pick you up and stuff like that, you know hmm. I never got that kind of treatment and small things like you know, like um, girls in my school or the uh, the couples in my school would pass chits to each other or you know, would throw a blazer or you know, would give them their watch and hmm. those tiny things they stay with you it was not like I was looking for somebody to madly fall in love with, but then you know you and now is not the time for me to have small flings and to send shits to somebody, right? Yeah, that could yeah. have only really happened back in school, and that I, I never had the chance to experience that. So right. yeah, that's something I totally missed out on.
0: Right. So you basically missed out on a lot of high school romance, which a lot of girls yeah, a lot of high
1: school yeah. See, Hmm. Also at the same time, I think um, a lot of times my seniors and my teachers as well, they would Hmm. also pick Hmm. people up depending based on the appearance, okay? Now let's say we have a theatre group, right? So only like somehow the prettier looking girls would always be picked up Hmm. and we were not even um, auditioned to say you know, it was almost like as if it's an assumption that because she's fast, she'll not be able to do well on stage or she'll not look great on stage uh, while acting or while dancing mm. and I would always have to overcompensate for all of those things with my mm. academics and the same mm. thing happened with sports also I was always almost you know like and we used to have like soccer and hockey and all of those games yeah. and I was somehow always made the goalkeeper because you know I was mm. big inside so somehow the only What do you call a role that that, fit fit me was that of a goalkeeper because I was huge, and it was very wrong to assume that. Like, you know, Mm. the first year of practice, they were like, No, she'll be the goalkeeper. So, nobody
0: asked you for your
1: choice. There was no choice, Mm. Uh, and choice is a very weird thing in uh, boarding school. There is never a choice for anybody, for that matter. Right. Uh, Only leaders can choose. at least there there is trial, like you know, you can at least audition for stuff, you can at right. least put your best foot forward and show them. Yeah. And sometimes you know that you have performed, even if there was an audition for the sake of it and you know you have performed well, hmm. you would still be, you know, just left out because uh you're not that you're not looking that great. And a lot hmm. of people will not tell that to you on your face, but then you know it, right? Like you can see it, like hmm. I did the exact same thing or even better than the other person, then why not me? Right. And we, those things stayed and it was both seniors and teachers throughout my school life that I have seen something as common
0: Right, so did you also experience bullying?
1: Of course bullying was a major part in boarding school like you know mm-hmm. I remember like people, uh, my seniors someday they would just come to my uh, dorm, to my room and mm-hmm. they would just ask us to dance for them Again like somehow the prettier girls had more confidence and of course I lacked confidence because of how I looked and you know, that was a constant uh, fear that was there with me Mm. so um, even if somebody bullied me, I would just happily do it because I did not want to fall prey to more bullying if I did not but again the bullying only happened to only a few people, right? so you can Mm. again make it out, The, the pattern was the same everywhere
0: Right, so did you have any friends in high school to confide into, to talk to on how actually you're feeling or did you just keep your feelings to yourself?
1: I kept my feelings to myself mostly mm. because I, um, you know, like you go and tell somebody that a fat shaming as a word also mm. only got really uh, has come to the limelight right now. Uh, yeah. Ten years ago, um, you know, if you would, you, you, I could not have gone to somebody, and told them that you know they're making fun of me because I'm fat. Mm. The, so you never the, spoke to any
0: teacher. Did you?
1: No, no, no. Teacher would, in fact, would have told him the same thing. Yeah, you should lose it, otherwise they'll make fun of you only. And that has happened here and there. Mm. Like even with family members, it has happened So when mm. your own fr- family could not have understood this, uh, because uh, I don't, I would not even have tried confiding it to my uh, friends because it was very embarrassing for me to even accept the fact that I was fat. You know. Right. Forget about talking about it to somebody because talking about it would have made my fears more real. Right. All of this, like I said, was uh, something that I started living my life. Like I started pretending that was my life. Mm-hmm. I only understood each and every bit of it once I started, you know, learning more about these things.
0: Right. So, since you mentioned about family, what we wanted to just briefly touch upon that as well. Um, how is it back home? Uh, How did your family members or your extended family members, your cousins, etc. They reacted to uh, the way you looked because um, I mean, I also come from a very typical North Indian family. And I I know for a fact that if you're a tomboyish, you know, uh, you're a tomboy and you don't look a certain typical way then they obviously don't you know validate you as much or they don't accept you uh, very easily and there are lots of uh, questions and snide remarks that come your way. So how was the experience back home?
1: Of course there were snide remarks all over so Mm. you know some uh, I wouldn't blame my parents entirely here they were trying their best to you know make sure that I lose weight. Mm. Uh, While initially their concern could have been health But because of what people around them kept telling them all the time You know things like she will Mm. not get married or you know um, uh, She will not find a suitable room And all of that (laughs) All of those things actually you know led them to believe that uh, Yeah she needs to lose weight for other reasons You know people tell them that uh, So uh, Mm. a very common uh, remark was that that uh very if a of weight, it will look very good yeah also all my life I had I had been made to believe that fat and beautiful uh cannot coexist together right,
0: right. So, which
1: was the biggest problem now that I see it from a 25 year olds perspective
0: yeah
1: Uh yeah and other so I was made to take herbal drinks at the age of 9 or 10 I guess uh, hmm. I joined hmm. the gym about same age. My parents sent me to a boarding school so that I lose weight. You know, hmm. uh, because otherwise I was doing really well. I was very well with academics. I was a, I was always an achiever. I was very good. Great. I was good with swimming. So, hmm. uh, my my parents had this philosophy. Or more importantly, my dad had this that you know, if you want this, you do this. Right. So, agar a laptop chahiye to 95 lekarao. Agar apko ye chahiye to And right. I would always somehow exceed his expectations. So but that was clearly yeah, not that, enough. Was it enough? Yeah, that was not that was not enough because you almost always whatever it was, but wait mm. to So you know that okay. that wait was a very big a big a, a lot of baggage for me and right. it, it was something that uh, I took with me wherever I went. So mm. even when I was like even though I was a good swimmer uh, one of my teachers back in my boarding school told me how I was not supposed to wear a week at swimming costume and that was only a remark made to me and not to any of the other girls you know mm. and not mm. any of the other swimmers. But a, a remark was made to me that I was not supposed to wear a swimming costume because it did not look good on me. And hmm. despite the fact that I was a great swimmer back in school. Uh, and also one of the very few swimmers because we did not have back a lot of swimmers back in school. Right. So, yeah, despite then, even when I was taking a part in the competition, like, you know, hmm. the... Um, The first thing should be to win the competition, right? Like Mm -hmm. I want to win, but in my mind, am I looking okay? Because that was the thought that was built in I was made to believe that I'm always supposed to look good I'm always supposed to, Mm -hmm. you know, because that that one swimming costume remark left so much in me that for about what, um, 10-12 years I never wore a v-cut swimming costume again I always then wore all those Mm -hmm. uh, frog style swimming costumes and uh, Yeah, I think now I think Mm -hmm. about it I missed much like, you know, they are such sexy, beautiful looking <laughs> <swimming costumes. laughs> Go for, for it, girl. It.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think w- w- what I hear is you were constantly carrying the weight of other people's expectations because you were not happy with how you looked. You never accepted yourself the way you are.
1: Yeah, you know, somehow I was always very happy with how I looked. Hmm. I never really had a problem. I knew I was fat hmm. and I, I knew I had to lose weight. I never really had a problem with how I looked. it was other people who constantly kept telling me that you don't look good mm. that was the problem and mm. um, after after something like beyond a point it got to me Right. until sometime I was fine I was like really happy and I would be this person who like oh I look really good and stuff but then uh, you know when yeah. they constantly keep mm. telling the same thing hundreds and thousands of times uh, then it gets to you, and after, mm-hmm. the, and when when it crosses that point, you lose all your confidence and everything. And then all you can think about is to look good. Like you know, even yeah. if I'm writing a paper, I would make sure that I'm I'm writing it properly. That was yeah. the subconscious mind saying that mm. you need to look good. If somebody is looking at you, you need to look good.
0: Mm-hmm. So like you said, you were overcompensating in other fields as well. Right. Just to prove right. to yourself and to the others that, you know, I am good enough uh, in right, other right. fields and probably the way I look is really not that important. But I think it never got to that point. Right. So right. It, it became the be all end all um, of who you are. Exa-
1: so, exactly.
0: It's, it's not surprising to me at all because I think this is very ingrained in our culture. And it's such, you know, um day to day conversation this hap- that happens at home where, you know, randomly there are there are r- remarks thrown at you. Uh, you know, se betho and you know you know, things like that. Right. Yes. Um, uh, and all, all sorts of, you know, yeah these kind of things we've heard. So i mean for example when it comes to my appearance i was very very lanky when i was a kid okay very very thin and i was constantly compared with my other cousin uh, who was a bit chubby and she was always compared with me and uh, looked down upon look at her she's so active she's so agile she's thin why can't you be like her you know and i used to feel really bad for her and uh-huh. in fact they used to make fun of me as well that you know Are, toh tuh, tuh toh <laughs> you know because i was underweight um so yeah we got our shares of you know snide remarks as well and mean comments but um i do feel um that there's a lot of undue pressure on girls especially when they're growing up and and parents do have a lot of part to play here if not parents and maybe siblings or other support systems who can tell you that you know sure go ahead lose weight but maybe for a better health not because you need to fit into a certain box you know so that's probably more important but I don't think that really uh, really comes out that way because unfortunately our parents are also conditioned in the same way right so that's what they've ended up passing on yeah okay Um, so tell me something Um, How did you try to break this this whole you know chain I'm sure it it weighed really heavy on you it impacted your mental health as well and your self-confidence as well so how did how did you try and come out of it how did you pull yourself out of it?
1: So it was never, it never happened that one day I woke up and I was like, I'm going to change my life. Mm. But uh, I was in my boarding school until class 10th, and then Mm. for 11th and 12th, I moved back to my hometown. Mm. And you know, somehow that gave me a clean slate to try and do a few different things that my other friends were not adjusted or accustomed to me seeing. So you know like I would hang out with my friends and they would buy this casual and eyeliners and eye whatever creams and uh, lip gloss and lipsticks and I would never I never had one Mm. because like I said I pretended to be a tomboy for too long Mm. and then one day I just picked up a gel, you know and then I tried it on and it looked great on me and then Mm. the other time I bought a lipstick and somehow you know I started making those small changes and Mm. uh, I remember it was my 18th birthday and I got my eyebrows done and Mm. uh, I you know and that somehow uh, change like made my face look a lot more feminine and uh, <laughs> mm. uh, I wore a and it was my like I said it was my 18th birthday and and I ordered a white dress for myself you know like a very beautiful white dress and then I wore it and I looked stunning in it like again in my opinion I always looked stunning so yeah I wore mm. a white beautiful dress and then you know somewhere like taking those little steps mm. uh, made me very comfortable and then I would always like all uh, start, also start experimenting with my clothes and I uh, back in 2000, what um, 10, 11 I started wearing red pants and green pants and whatever pants came to my like you know I would always try and experiment with fashion as much as I can mm. as much as I could have and mm. with the sizes that were available mm. and when I then I moved to Delhi in 2013 uh, for my college and uh, then nobody knew me right like it was a uh, again a clean slate where nobody knew me mm. and uh, Then I got hands on to sleeveless clothes and crop tops and whatever whatever Mm. came my way, I wore it Mm. and somehow, uh, in a way fashion also encouraged me to try different things and I saw that people were more, um, you know people were so engrossed in their own lives, people who did not know me, uh, that nobody really cared about how I looked and Mm. uh, And I also did not care a lot about how other people looked, and that's when I thought that you know you are so much more so much more than your looks, right? Right. And that's when I started getting more comfortable in my own skin, yeah. Mm. As uh, if I must say, Mm. and. Yeah, and uh, it was, uh, it was, they were very small little steps that I take. And even until today, I take steps to make myself feel more comfortable. I I went to uh, a trip, uh, I I took a girls' trip to Thailand with my friends, and I went to Koh Samui and I wore this V cut swimming costume. And you know, uh, the costume, the Mm. V cut swimming costume that my teacher had asked me not to wear. Not to wear, (laughs) Yeah. yeah. So I wore it, and I took—I purposely took like three pairs uh, of swimming costumes with me, and I wore it, and I posted pictures on my social, on my Instagram, and everything. Mm, and then mm. uh, when I came back to India, I again wore it in in an Indian atmosphere. Mm. You know, because uh, countries, uh, out, countries outside India, like uh, places outside India, it, it's comparatively easier and more yeah. comfortable for you to wear such stuff because people are nowhere. In, uh, everybody's wearing bikinis and swimming costumes, and especially yeah. in a beach beach area in India it was a different story and then I had went out with my colleagues to Jim Corbett and uh, yeah I I wore a costume again and then I did not care about what others thought and uh, and in every like you know, even today, like if mm. I am, uh, I was not very comfortable wearing a sports bra only and doing my workouts. Mm. But now I have gotten comfortable to that point. So it it's a it's an ongoing and a very continuous uh, effort that I have to put in, and mm. not something that I force myself to. Something that if it comes naturally to me, I'll do it. You right. know, body positivity does not mean that you have to force yourself to wear a bikini or whatever you want to wear Even though you don't want to wear it you yeah. know? If you yeah. are conscious of how you look You yeah. can take small steps to make yourself feel more comfortable Like I was not very comfortable looking at myself naked And now oh, yeah. I am Right. I have embraced how my body looks very much. And everybody has their own journeys to, you know, follow. And they will take their own sweet time and that's what I always keep telling people. You might not be comfortable wearing a short right now. Hmm. Wear it in the comfort of your own room if you wish to. The day you feel comfortable wearing it outside, you wear it. If you I, you can't force me to wear something I'm not comfortable wearing, that's not body positivity Absolutely. Body positivity has to be at my own comfort level at my own time Absolutely. So yeah, I, I have never worn a bikini ever and I think that would be my next step I, I had planned a trip to Bali but uh, due to the coronavirus pandemic, I, all my tickets went for a waste
0: Yeah, but, <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's actually absolutely right. I think it's it's one step at a time, one small step at a time. It's every day, um, you know, a new accomplishment and a new level of acceptance. And since you also talked a lot about, you know, how uh, you started to step away from people who judged you, um, in a way you threw out that negativity, right? Um, and you were in in a more um, what should I say more open environment where people didn't know you so you also started to open up uh, gradually Uh, but did you feel um, at some point that you know this had a lot to do with you accepting yourself first because once you once you start looking at yourself differently people around you start reacting differently
1: of course you know like if you're happy, it shows on your face, right? Right. And uh, likewise, if you're confident in your skin, I think other people also understand that, you know, she is confident wearing it. Like, you know, she's pulling it off properly. Mm-hmm. So there's no harm. And uh, I think it, it's a chicken in the neck story. Yeah. Uh, maybe somewhere, somebody gave me the confidence to wear something and I wore it. And then people found me confident enough to wear it. Yeah. Or I don't know what it was. I never really, you know, consciously looked. At uh, each of those incidences, ki hmm. kaise hua? Hmm. But it, I think uh, it. Uh, I'm sure there must have been uh, great compliments that uh, surrounded me that also encouraged me in a way, you know. Uh, as a human being we are always very attracted towards negative comments like, you know yeah. we always listen to the negative comments more yeah. but that is something that I have changed in my life I am trying to listen to more positive comments as to what impacts me positively and what is positive for me and I try and act mm. upon them more mm. uh, instead of listening to one negative comment and uh, for my life at least yeah. in my life I have seen as a pattern uh, at least in the last 5-6 years mm. I have received more love than hate Hmm. and uh, I think uh, that has clearly shaped the way I love myself because I've also received a lot lot of love from people It's
0: all about the perception I think and thanks to the selective hearing because you're blocking out of the negativity and only only soaking in the positive uh, comments so that's a a great booster I think Uh, so Kudos to you. Keep doing that. Uh, that's that's I think that's the way to, uh, you know, march forward. Yeah. Absolutely. So um, so if I had to ask you, have you fallen in love with yourself today? What would you say?
1: I think I fall in love with myself a little more every day. Like, you know, <laughs> and I also fall out of love. There are days <laughs> when I'm in a bad place and I don't yeah. love myself.
0: Yeah, I'm but, sure, especially when we're PMSing, so yes.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, and there are days you don't even know why you are acting like how you are yeah. acting.
0: Yes. right. I, so there are
1: days when I, when I get so irritated and you know when I don't love myself enough. <laughs> but uh, I think again, like I said, I let love overpower hate.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, and I think as long as the equation is tilted towards love more, yeah, uh, you're good to go. So yeah, I, uh, some days I might love myself a little less. Some days I love myself a little more. And yeah. most of the days I love myself a little bit more.
0: That's so, very yeah, good. As long as good. you keep loving yourself, I think that's more important. Yeah.
1: Yeah. There will be ups and downs. But yeah. uh, as long as it's a uh, elevating slope, I mm. think, yeah, if that's the right word. Yeah. Excellent. So if I had to ask you, if you were
0: to go back in time and change one thing about your past, what would that?
1: I, be? I, I I am a very um, I'm a deep believer of the fact that whatever happens happens for a reason. Hmm. And if things in my past, if I, I have thought about this a couple of, a lot of times, actually like a lot of times, I've had hmm. like full-fledged discussions on this with my friends. Hmm. And uh, if any of those things did not pan out the way it did, hmm. I would not have been where uh, where I am today, and I'm at a really really happy place today. Like there's nothing that I'm sad about today in my life And uh, mm. and for that I, I don't want to regret any of those things that have happened Because if there's something that not So I would not want to change anything, I would want to relive everything The good and the bad, you learn from your bad, you learn from the good, you unlearn from the bad And uh, wherever I am today I'm like really happy So I wouldn't want to change anything
0: fantastic i think uh, i'm smiling ear to ear listening to that and that's probably the best <laughs> way to take it yeah because it's it's life and it it, it throws shit at you at times it, it throws you a curveball at times and you got to dodge it so exactly. that's 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 the only thing that we can do that's the only thing that is in our hands and rest is is you know we can we can just leave it to uh, destiny or whatever you can believe in so and you're right jo and I also firmly <laughs> believe in that I I live by that every single day and that's that's one thing that actually keeps me going for sure so um I think uh, you're also spoken about um, how you know um, because you were bullied in school in high school um, you've had a, a traumatic experience growing up so did that impact you in your relationships um going forward
1: definitely it has you know what happens is that uh mm. when you're bullied uh in whatever ways you have been mm. you know a certain underconfidence, a certain uh, you know you start believing that okay this is all that you're capable of doing so like i said that you know, i was always given the position of a goalkeeper right mm. I started accepting that, okay, that was the only position I was fit for, and I, I started accepting it very wholeheartedly. Okay, mm. that, yeah, I have hai types. Mm. And that's, you know, you follow patterns uh, from your childhood and everywhere else. So, mm. aapko, aapko bhi, buka, ki bhi, if my seniors would bully me, I would just happily do it for them instead of, you know, getting bullied mm. for not doing it. Mm. So, Uh, That pattern stayed with me for quite some time and uh, until recently in fact so whatever um, there have been toxic relationships in life and uh, Mm. I come to them because uh, that pattern remained wherein you know I would just do it because I did not want to upset anybody because I did not want to uh, fall prey to further bullying by them and uh, that pattern uh, Did you have the
0: urge sorry did you have the urge to please uh, people
1: all the time I'm always guilty uh, mm. that's like a that's a clear pattern that my therapist has figured out for me mm. that you know that uh, as a person I'm always trying to please other people and I'm also I get I feel guilty for upsetting them not even for not even doing anything wrong mm. that's like a pattern for me mm. and uh, that led me to uh, undermining myself mm. and uh, that led me to letting other people treat me in a very incorrect way right So yes that that was there
0: so, so you were constantly seeking validation from people absolutely. from
1: absolutely any relationship in whatever way matter. in hmm. any which ways i would get i would seek it hmm.
0: Hmm. so you were talking about a toxic relationship i think
1: yes yeah so it was more of a work relationship uh, mm-hmm. and uh, at the very onset, I would like to state that you know when you talk about a toxic relationship, you mm. talk about an abusive relationship. People would, uh, in a minute, uh, believe that it was your boyfriend who did that, and mm. it was your husband mm. or uh, maybe your father. Yeah. But uh, an abuser can actually come in many forms and ways. He can mm-hmm. be your. He can even be your brother. He can be your friend. He mm. can be your work partner, he can be. A, he could be a colleague, he hmm. could be anybody actually to be very, he could be a troller on the internet. Hmm. And um, so yes. at first it is very important for us to identify and to understand that, you know, abusers need not be anybody you are in love, love with. Hmm. Because essentially love is, you know, you can, you have love for other people also, right? You have love for your parents, right? right. It's, it, it's not always the same kind of love that you have with your boyfriend or with your husband, hmm. but then you do love. Other people in life, hmm. and uh, I am essentially a person who who gives in who gives a lot to relationships, like you know any kind of relationship, whether it is my friend, my best friend, my boyfriend, hmm. or my parents, or my sister. I have a very deep connection with my sister. Hmm. I feel like strongly, like you know the uh, I my deepest my strongest bond is with her. Mm -hmm. and uh, likewise I invest in other relationships also and one such relationship did not turn out really well for me Mm -hmm. because I constantly let the other person bully me you know the signs of abuse was there in the very beginning in the relationship okay uh like what um you know getting angry or at phone like you know constantly Mm -hmm. getting angry or like you know when two people have a fight uh the basic solution is to talk about it and to communicate it and to get over it right yeah but when you want to not talk about it, stretch it for days and stretch it for hours or silent treatment, silent treatment, cold treatment hmm. that gets worse. Hmm. Hmm. That was, if I have to say, that was the very onset of uh, hmm. a certain type of abuse, which is not in, which is not your um, abuse as a statement. But then, then there were things like uh, throwing off laptops or, uh, you know, like throwing off stuff, hmm. uh, banging his head in the, or banging banging his head on the wall or something of that sort hmm. you know, throwing hmm. stuff away Um abusing you verbally and all those things started and hmm. then uh, and I thought it would just stay there you know like I never thought it would surpass it like you know some days it would go on to swearing at my parents or something you know getting like really very personal hmm. uh, but uh, one fine day it was very unexpected and uh, uh, it, it it came in the form of a physical abuse, and hmm. it was it was a slap. Uh, hmm. And uh, while a lot of people might just say ki to tha, whatever it was just a slap. Hmm. It wasn't just a slap because yeah. you know it gives you um, it traumatizes in your way that worse can happen from now on.
0: Absolutely, and, uh, it's it's the beginning no, of
1: it's the beginning of beginning something even more terrible.
0: Absolutely. Right?
1: and uh, so yeah he ended up slapping me and then uh, for five minutes I I did not know what had happened like I could not I could not make sense out of it You know, because you have so much of trust and love for the other person that Mm. this could not have happened Mm. and you have not seen such things happening in your life before Mm. Uh, and then and then I picked up to leave the room and uh, with uh, I picked up my bag and then I saw him again and then with whatever energy I had I I don't, I first I thought I would just walk out because I am not as bad as him but then, tit for tat sikhaya gaya tha hamisha se ki you know, koi unko mm-hmm. maro. I mm-hmm. and
0: then
1: I thought it would be over there that you have but then there came another slap and that mm-hmm. taught me one thing that there was no remorse for what had happened previously Hmm. You know, like I gave that person 10 minutes of his time to reflect and think that what he had done was done wrong because that Hmm. is, you know, when you slap somebody, you can, you can understand it in the very next minute that you have done something wrong.
0: Right.
1: But then uh, that did not happen. And then the second Hmm. slap that came left a very bad mark on my lips. My lips started swelling and bleeding and I, Hmm. um, I had a scar on my face and I did not know how to react Like, and uh, there were other people in the other room and mm. I could not have cried any louder because other people would have known so I moved out, I walked out and uh, after some time there was another person in the room you know who interfered and was like what is wrong with you? what are you doing and all of that mm. and then he apologized and everything and then I forgave the other person mm. uh, you know because you think that ho gaya you know, hmm. you start normalizing those things or so you start giving the other person the benefit of doubt that You know, he did not really mean it. He means well for you. And then the other person also would manipulate you uh, hmm. into believing that you know uh, uh, I love you so much that right? I you know, uh, I it just went a little too much or whatever hmm. nonsense that to, hmm. yeah You know just to uh, dumb it down as to what had happened, just to calm you down Mm. and then you just fall into that manipulation and then you want to give that person the benefit of doubt and then you also want to fight for that relationship because you had already, by then you had already invested so much of time, effort, energy, Mm. you know you invested so much emotionally and otherwise. So how long did you fight to keep it? uh, Four years
0: so this went uh, on for four years did did this episode no, happen the, again
1: no the, no the physical abuse never happened again hmm. but then there were threats that you know i would hit you or things like that hmm. or uh, and you know and the next time ta- there were other forms then you know there were verbal abuse There was again mm. cold treatment mm. and there was again things like you know he one day he asked me to get out of his car in the middle of the road in at in, 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 nowhere in Delhi you mm. know where it is not definitely not at all safe mm. and uh, you know things that just demean you and disrespect you mm. and uh, when those things went overboard and, and I realized that if I don't move out now I'll be too late mm. But I did not even think of it to be honest, I just left one day and uh, that the day I was leaving he told me things that I never thought he would have thought of me hmm. you know very shallow very low things and uh, I think you know it, it then uh, comes down to one thing that you know if you don't listen to a man uh, it hmm. just comes to the oh, fact yeah. that you are a slut somehow <laughs> You're a whore yeah. if you don't listen to yeah. a man, right? Like it's,
0: it's a typical abuser behavior where they basically, right. when you challenge their control right. uh, and you know, they sort of get more threatened and that's what I think happened in this case and that's where you know, they start exactly. reacting exactly. in the way they did. Yeah,
1: yeah. when you start Taking control of your actions, and when yeah. you start pointing their mistakes out, yeah. uh, somehow they are just not ready to accept it. They yeah. would, uh, they and then the abuse. Mm. Uh, yeah, they're threatened, and uh, mm. you know when mm. when people realize their mistakes, some people would accept their mistakes, and some people just get too defensive, and that's yeah. when the abuse begins. Yeah. Yeah. So in this case, that happened, and uh, there was a lot of uh, a lot of chaos that day that had happened, and uh, you know I had uh, thought about leaving walking out of that relationship a lot of times hmm. but I could not hmm. but that day I I did not know what, what got to me I thought like you know the way he told things about me the, what he thought of me hmm. whether he th- hmm. told those things to me in anger or in whatever uh, but uh, if, if a person thinks so low of you, there's nothing you could ever do to res- make that person respect you, you know, Respect is not something you can demand
0: mm,
1: Yeah, uh, It has to yeah. just come So and I think uh, it kind of gave me the closure I needed to walk out of that relationship Because until then, it was always manipulation and, No, no, you are a good person, I really like you, I really value and all of that But then when he right. said out all those things right. loud and clear, it became very uh, clear to me that we this the two people do not belong together sometimes the other person could be a good person you know sometimes mm. you're not a good fit together and uh, mm. yeah and that day i walked out of that relationship and uh, it's been all it's been over a year now that i have walked out of that relationship and i'm in a very very happy place and i think mm. um, that decision is one decision that has changed my life. I I lived in. I lived with anxiety attacks, with panic attacks hmm. for so long. I did not know how what it was like to sleep peacefully. Hmm. What it was like to you know not to enter into a fight and to come out of it positively. I did not know what 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 it felt like. Hmm. And after that entire episode, after I left the entire, after I closed the entire chapter. Um, my life started blooming so beautifully, everything started falling into place and like hmm. I said, I'm in a very happy place right
0: now. That's that's a lovely uh, closure, I think that's a lovely way to close it. Um, I, but I do want to ask you one thing, you said that you uh, this went on for 4 years, so right. what was going on in your mind during these 4 years? Um, what was the fear? Did, did you have a fear of uh, walking out? What was it that you were thinking that you took it on for four years because it's a long time and I'm sure it was traumatic for you. So what were you thinking?
1: Um, you know, uh, we human beings, we cling to hope. Mm. You know, we are always hoping like, mm. you know, even if somebody's at that bad, we will still be hopeful and we will also give the other person hope, no, it will happen, it will happen we are both saying that we know in our mind but then we still cling to it till the last breath right? right and I think that's what happened with me and then see relationships are also they have their own ups and downs no yeah so there were days when uh, 10 days were bad, 2 days were good, so I felt good, it was good there were days, no? there, were, there were phases also which were very good there were phases for one, one and a half months, two months when nothing wrong happened Mm. And, uh, and that phase happened so I would think that haa chalo ho so kharab din hota hai, toh, nikal ko bhi. Mm. but then when the mm. bad out did the good then things got worse and then uh, we wanted, I wanted to find like a right time to close it you know mm. I wanted I, I honestly I cling to relationships a lot I don't like you know mm. letting people go out of my life I mm. really value people a lot and i value value their friendship their affection and everything and uh, hmm. i'm a, I, like i said i always try and please other people also right. so you know i would always try and do things that would maybe that ki kuch effort you know and uh, it would be wrong for me to say that the other person did not take initiatives. That, uh, he he genuinely did try and take initiatives that uh, would have been good for both of us but uh, hmm. Somehow his inherent nature was not that and maybe the, he never really truly felt positively about me. There was always this hope that things would get better. There was always this hope for a better, you know, there'll be light at the end of the tunnel. There'll be sunshine and there'll be good days. But <laughs> right. then, uh,
0: you know, but It was you more from your in, you side know? because you were constantly living in this denial, right? That nah, eventually right. it might just get better because we've seen better days as right. well. So, yeah, right. And you could
1: make so, it work yeah so yeah. and I, I, gave him, I gave it my all right you know mm. like see either you fight it or you flight it I fought for too long yeah and when I after I had fought for too long and I understood that mm. and that was the day I thought that it's 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 better if I um, walk out it's better for him it's better mm. for me it's better for other people involved in our lives because uh, mm. none of us are happy to be honest
0: Right, so, so when yeah, you look so, back today, um, yeah. do you think, uh, do you wish that you had walked out sooner?
1: Of course I do, um, hmm. I wish I would have walked out sooner but then you know life gives you their own its own experiences and yeah. uh, of course I would have never Truly if I would have wished, I would have wished that those bad days never happened if I actually had to wish something hmm. I would have wished that things would have worked out but then things did not work out hmm. and uh, yes um, it would have been uh, great if I would have walked out sooner hmm. but uh, hota na, jo yeah. main, I don't yeah. feel like thinking only if I relationship I did yeah now I'm at a happy place so hmm. it's good now. Hmm. Yeah. If all is good now, everything is better. Like everything is good now.
0: I'm glad to hear that that uh, eventually you're in a in a much better place and it it has probably taught you uh, never to take, you know, shit from people if I may use. The uh, it word. has definitely
1: taught me to yeah. it has definitely definitely taught me that has yeah. taught me to love myself a Absolutely. lot more.
0: Absolutely, like you rightly said, and um, it's probably made you, made you a better version of yourself.
1: Yeah, if I would not have seen the dark days, I would not have learned how to shine now.
0: Great, that's, that's great. Um, let's uh, get into an exciting section now. Uh, I, I want to ask you a few rapid fire questions. Uh, these okay. are just some fun questions. Yeah. Um, So, uh, I'll start with uh, this question Um, Career or passion? Passion Love or friendship? Friendship Independence or interdependence?
1: Interdependence
0: Uh, Okay, a funniest piece of advice or the weirdest piece of advice that you've uh, ever got?
1: That I should smile less Really? Yeah (laughs) Who says that? Somebody on the internet on my Instagram told me Thoda kam hasa karo ab. Okay. <laughs> yeah. okay and like nobody has ever said that to me you know Some, everybody will <laughs> always say that you know, smile more you look so nice smiling and everything one person out of the blues came <laughs> and told me don't smile <laughs> oh,
0: okay <laughs> That's a little weird. Yeah. Um, okay, a rule that you strictly follow for yourself at work or otherwise.
1: Uh, think less do more okay. That's 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 good. If you were
0: to give yourself your younger self advice, what would it be? Low Mat suno. Absolutely, I think half our problems will go away if we stop. Ninety-nine <laughs> yeah. percent of them would go. I agree. Um, a song that defines you.
1: I'm a sunflower, a little funny. But I don't <laughs> like the second part, which says that you know. If I, I, I would say I'm, I'll, I'm a sunflower, a little funny. I'll be a sunflower, and you still pick me. <laughs> Okay. I just
0: uh, a <laughs> right. change version, revised version. Okay, right. Um, Diksha is complete the sentence. Full of life. Oh, I like that. <laughs> I like that. Um, uh, okay, if you were to write a book, what would it be about? And what would be its title? I don't
1: know. Un- Unboxing Kindness? Unboxing uh, Kindness? I, yeah. Uh, I think hmm. kindness is something that I have learned probably a little later in life but then it's very very important you know you could you could be dumb you could be anything you could be fat you could be thin you could be tall you could be you could have money you could have more money you could have less money you could be anything in the world but then if you're not kind nothing is going to work for you so I would want to write more about kindness and anything that can help spread more positivity in this world yeah. that would my book be all about yeah. yeah
0: the world definitely needs more kindness for sure
1: yeah.
0: um, what's your greatest fear
1: um I had like abhi mera fear hai. <laughs> uh, there was a fear that I'll never find love but um, mm. clearly I have found love and uh, that fear is also gone and I think with that everything has vanished. Like I don't have any, I, no, I, if I'm to be like really uh, very you know honest, hmm. my fear is that I will never be able to cope up with the death of a loved one.
0: Hmm. Yeah, that is lost. one thing
1: that that, that really brings hmm. me a lot of anxiety. But uh, Do you think you know, about it a lot? Uh, yeah sometimes like you know when I hear mm. about somebody else's demise or I see a movie mm. uh, so yeah and I you know in my head I make up situations Ki aisa hua kaisa ho type. and all of them yeah. are related to death of a loved one because I don't think mm. I'll be able ever be able to cope up with it or you know in my mind I try and make ways as to how I can cope up with it
0: hmm yeah I think that's that's a, a common fear that a lot of people have I do have that too
1: fear of sure. uh,
0: losing someone in your life yeah. is obviously unbearable and difficult. Um, what's your portion in life?
1: Hmm. I don't know how to answer that. <laughs> Let me think a little bit more.
0: What's your poison?
1: Um, a little bit of shy, A lot of warm hugs. That's a poison <laughs> actually. <laughs> Okay, uh, I don't I don't know like I really don't know how to answer that. Um, hmm. poisonous. life. Okay. Only good vibes. Only good things. Nothing nothing, nothing poisonous coming around here. Okay. Okay.
0: I'm glad. I'm glad that you are in a very happy place and your story is very inspiring. I'm sure a lot of people are going to relate to it. Um, whoever's dealing with low, ses- low self-esteem, low confidence, self-doubt, imposter syndrome, I'm sure uh, people are going to feel inspired and they might as well come out and want to share their stories. Um, well, keep up the spirits. Thank you so much. Um, keep smiling, keep blooming. Um,
1: and it was it was great talking to you. Same, yeah. Thank you, thank you so much for having me, and I'm glad that you know I, I was the first person to be here. <laughs> yes, absolutely.
0: Thank you so much. Lovely. Thank you. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Bye.